welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. wrapping up our Made for Monday series, and uh, I am holding one of the last remaining mugs. I think Becca did sell hers on eBay last week, and uh, I've got one here, and I I just want to say thank you for all of you that got these, that you've been a part of this. You've been saying you're Made for Mondays. I don't know what I'm going to do with this one. It's like my mug, but I feel like it's a shame to keep it in the church, so maybe I'll sign it and put it up for auction. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but uh, again, thank you for this series. Here's what I want to say. I think I'm a better pastor because of this series. Um, I've preached on love, forgiveness, healing, all sorts of things, and uh, I'm thinking that one's going to make an impact. I preach on Made for Mondays. I go out to the lobby, and people are crying. People are like, I hate my boss. I hate my job. God has me there for a reason. I have a purpose. Thank you. Thank-. I mean, so it's really helped me to be-, be a better pastor. So thank you for uh, just going along with this series and reminding me again, um, the church gathers here, but ministers out there. We gather here, but we minister out there. And uh, thank you for helping me to understand as pastor, I need to equip you better and uh, you're out there. And so uh, again, you've made me a better pastor. Uh, We've covered a lot of ground that you're called. And I just want to just real quickly review. You are called to wherever you are. You are called to be a minister in that place. You're called to be a plumber. You're called to be whatever it is. And when your vocation elevates to something that God wants you to do, you're called. Thank you for being out there. Secondly, um, if you hate your job, we talked about that. And uh, remember, uh, Jesus is your supervisor. The Holy Spirit is your supervisor. And uh, then last week, of course, workaholics. And uh, how many know sometimes you preach a message and it just hits you more than uh, the other ones? That one hit me. And uh, thank you for that. Uh, and I, w- I will say this. I wish in this series we would have covered business ethics. That's the one thing I wish we would have talked about, business ethics. And then if I could add another one, I wish I would have talked about if you owned your business. Maybe that'll be bonus material because it's different to say, like, I work there. But if you own it, what, what type of, of atmosphere can you set? How can you make it a, a godly place? How can you not just have it be like, yeah, we're Christian and we all love Jesus and we're kind of nice. How can you make it a marketplace that will transform the culture around you? So again, um, a lot of things we could have covered, but today we're going to cover being a witness at work. And I want to say this, this is where your pastors are jealous of you. Okay, this is where your pastors are jealous of you in the fact that you get to be there. I know every youth pastor wants to be in the school. All right. And students, you're in the school. Every one of us is, is thinking like, what could I do to get into the marketplace to do something? Um, you know, even our neighbors, our neighbors, if you're a pastor or you work at the church, you're kind of at an unfair advantage with your neighbors. You don't just get to be a person. How many know you're all of a sudden like you're the pastor neighbor? You're like the pastor of the neighborhood. And, and that's not always bad. But I mean, it's just sometimes I, I try to hide that I'm a pastor. OK, now I didn't say I try to hide that I'm a Christian. 
okay? I try to hide that I'm a pastor. Like, if I'm out golfing, you know, I'm golfing with people, I usually wait till like the ninth hole to tell them that I'm a Christian, that I'm a pastor. Because how many know you start asking like, hey, what do you do for a living? And uh, people will ask. And one time I was trying to be cool with it and I was trying to not tell them I was a pastor. I said, I sell retirement homes. And they're like, you do what? I said, I sell retirement homes. They're like, in Minnesota? I was like, yeah, business is good. And they're like, you sell retirement homes? I mean, like three holes later, they're still tripping about it. And I said, okay, I sell eternal resting. I don't sell them. I give them away for free. It's great. Anyways, all right, all right, all right. That's a groaner. All right. They're like, I was trying to figure it out. You should live in Arizona if you do retirement. Yeah. But, you know, you just, I, want, I don't want to be like labeled. I want to be able to be a light for Jesus. And uh, we are uh, jealous of you. Don't waste this opportunity. Do not waste this opportunity to be able to be the church, to be the light, to uh, go into the marketplace. Now, remember, we use Romans 12, 1 and 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. God wants you to take your everyday ordinary life and use it for him. And so I want to talk to you about witnessing. And the Bible is very clear when it talks about witnessing that we are to be salt and light, that we are to be fishers of men, that we're going into all the world to make disciples. That's what he's saying. I mean, Matthew 5 talks about you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And he's saying, hey, come on, be the light. Be the salt, be the light. God's calling us to go out there. And Luke 14 talks about go out to the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. And I want you to understand this. You are right where you need to be. You are right where you need to be. You are in the exact spot where God needs you. God needs you right there. God has you right where you need to be in the school, in the marketplace, in the neighborhood. Don't miss the opportunity. Do you realize that most people will never come to River Valley Church? It's an obvious thing. Most people will never make their way into River Valley Church. I mean, right now there are 3.8 million people in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Our, our greatest attendance ever was just under 14,000 with Easter. Do you see the gap there? Giant gap. I mean, 3.8 million, and that doesn't even include Faribault. Another 23,000 right there. I mean, 3.823. I mean, come on. They're, they're not coming in. Now that's, I, I don't say that to make you feel bad. I say that to tell you where your ministry is. Where your ministry is, it's out there. I mean, you work with the people that God loves. You go to school with the, the children that he wants to make his own. You are in the neighborhood with people that God died for. People need to know that God loves them and you're there. You're positioned right next to them. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. When we're at church, I want you to take advantage of every opportunity. I want you to maximize the moment here. I want us to be the friendliest, the most amazing church. When they, if they take the courage and the time to come on one of our properties, let's, let's wow them. Let's outserve them. Let's show them excellence. Let's bless them. Let's be friendly. Let's do everything. But let's realize we've got to go outside these walls to make the greatest impact. We've got to go out there. God has you right where he wants you to be. And when, when it talks about salt and light, I just want to tell you, 
A lot of people feel pressure, like if I'm going to witness, I've got to have tons of pressure. I've got to, I got to do it all. I've got to be like Billy Graham. Anybody ever felt like, like I got to be Billy Graham. I got to do that. Let me be clear about this. The Bible calls you to be salt and light. Let me, let me illustrate this for you. It, it's so simple what God's called you to do. It's so simple what God has called you to do. Uh, I've got some chicken nuggets and they don't usually need salt, but that's all we had for the illustration, okay? So uh, God is just asking you to just do this. Give a little bit of salt. Can you do that? Can you do that? Can you just give a little bit of salt? Can you just be a witness? Can you just give a little bit where it's needed? And, and here's what I feel like a lot of us live under the pressure. This is gonna make a mess. But we just feel like we just gotta like, if we're gonna witness for Jesus, we gotta go to work. We just gotta give him everything. Like in the Bible, he's this. And Genesis and Exodus, turn or burn and get saved. And, and you're going to hell and, and God loves you. And don't worry, you know, read the Bible. Ah! How many, you just ruined the nuggets. I mean, so I just want to tell you, just a dash. God's just saying, like, give it a dash. That's all, okay, so let's move forward. A lot of us are thinking, like, I, I, gotta, I gotta win them to Christ. And, and we do want them to get, find Christ. We, you know, conversion, that would be the goal, where they would find Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But how about this? A little bit of salt in a conversation. How about a little bit of salt in a connection where you connect with somebody and they go, you know what, that person's pretty nice. How about a little germination? Like you just put a little something in there and it germinates. How about you just are a blessing to them? And every time they talk to you, they're like, man, I feel my spirit lift. There's a little bit, of, I, feel, I feel better. I feel like life tastes better talking to them. Let's be the salt and the light. When the Bible talks about being fishers of men, I got salt everywhere. When the Bible talks about fishers and men, um, I, I should have a fishing rod here. Um, when it talks about that, it, Jesus was saying, I want to make you fishers of men. We think fishing, you know, fishing like that. When they were thinking fishing, you know what they were thinking? Two boats with a dragnet with the whole village working together to fish. He's like, I want to make you fishers of men. You know what you ought to think about? Start up, team up, find people to work. Like, let's work together. Matter of fact, I won't tell you to do this, but you can do it. Okay, in all the tips that I'm going to give you today, I didn't say start a Bible study at work. But if you do start a Bible study at work uh, to be a witness, use it as an opportunity to find out who's going to be fishing with you. Try to figure out who else is going to grab onto the net, who else has a boat on marketing and, and this floor and accounting. See who's got nets and, and have a net through the place, okay? Uh, and then one warning about Bible studies, if you do one, um, don't make it to study the deeper things of God at work, okay? Do it to be introductory things, like do workplace alpha. I think they have that. I mean, do, so, I mean, do something about, uh, that is introductory. Don't say like, this is going to be the deeper. We're going to study the Hebrew and the Greek. And we're going to get into it. And, and, and by all means, please, if you start a Bible study at work, use it to identify who's fishing with you, but um, don't fight. I mean, sometimes I've seen people fight theologically. Uh, don't do that. All right. If you're going to share your faith at work, let me get into some practical things here. Number one, you, you must work as unto the Lord. We've talked about this. You have to work as unto the Lord. I want to tell you this right now. Your business ethic is your door opener. Okay? Your business ethic. When it says in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. I mean, excellence, integrity, honesty, hard work, those are the door openers. And I want to tell you right now, if you have been a lazy worker, if you have been underperforming, if you don't have the best attitude about having a job there, honestly, I want you to repent. 
I want you to repent. At the end of service, go up and say, I have not lived up to the work ethic of a follower of Jesus Christ. And go up to a prayer team member and ask them to pray for you. Repent. That should be the opener. I mean, how sad if your work ethic wrecks your witness. How sad. Don't let your work ethic wreck your witness. Let it amplify your witness so that your whisper is amplified because of your work ethic. Okay? So that's the first thing. You have to work as under the Lord. Second thing is be bright. Don't hide your faith. Don't hide your faith. Again, I mean, I, I try to be, you know, like coy with, you know, who I am and, you know, like, um, you know, like, oh, I'm selling retirement homes. Okay. Be bright. Be bright. I found that the people that are most successful in sharing their faith at work um, go in and they're bright right off the get-go. Right off the get-go. I mean, it shouldn't take somebody three years to find out, oh, yeah, you're a Christian. You know, I never knew. Well, you finally saw the mug, didn't you? You know I mean? You know, I mean, come on, don't take that long, all right? Um, sometimes, again, sometimes I feel bad. Like, again, I try to, you know, not hide that I'm a Christian, but a pastor. And I'll be talking to somebody, maybe I'm on an airplane, and all of a sudden we'll be talking, and, and I'll just kind of be like, no, 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 no. And I'm trying to pretend like I'm not a pastor, you know. Not that I'm trying to do anything, but all of a sudden the conversation takes a God turn. And then I'm like, I should have led stronger. You know what I mean? I should have led strong. Okay. So be bright, you know, be bright with this. Um, and I didn't say, you know, as you're being bright, um, that you need to be the morality police. Like anybody ever watched that show, the office with Angela, that Christian all snipey and, you know, knows don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Um, but as you're being bright, as you're not hiding your faith and you're out there and you're showing it, um, Mike Johnson, he's one of our, our elders at our church. He gave me a couple things about what he does, and I want to pass those on to you. Um, you can talk about what you did this weekend. Be bright. You know, I went to church. What was church about? Take notes. You know, I went to church. I got a mug. I went to church. Maybe you have a card from church. Uh, you know, you talk about, hey, I went and served. You know, we do local projects. I mean, we do all these things, you know, it talks about salt and light, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You do the local projects, and then you, they say, what'd you do this weekend? Wow, we went and cleaned a park. What'd you do this weekend? Well, we went and fed, uh, did feed my starving children. What'd you do this weekend? Well, we went and took care of people at Ronald McDonald House. You get the point, and you have an opportunity to shine by saying, what did you do this weekend? Another thing he talked about was in role changes. Sometimes you get a role change in work, and they might say, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. Talk up. Say, well, you know, I'm a person of deep faith. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I work in my church. I lead a life group. You know, talk about other things. You know, don't just talk only about church, but be sure to include that in there. He talked about team changes when you go on to different teams, you know, that sometimes they'll say, welcome to the team. Tell us about yourself. So role changes, team changes. I mean, let your light make an impression on them. This is who I am. This is what I do. I will never forget, Becca and I were flying to um, San Francisco and I believe that this lady worked for Apple and she sat next to us and I, I think her last name was Zappatini, how I remember that, um, Becca and I remember. But she said something about Becca and I and she started talking to us and we're on the plane and we're just talking and then we started to talk about that we're people of deep faith and that we're Christians and, and all of a sudden, I, I kid you not, she looked at us like she discovered a subspecies like that was almost extinct in America. She's like, you two are Christians? And she goes, your wife's way too cute to be a Christian. I'm like, what are you thinking? You know, like, yeah, all right. And she's like, okay. And we're going, and at the end of it, she was just like, wow, wow. Like, 
Wow. Okay. All right. You know, and so I'm just saying, be bright. Make an impression with role changes, team changes. What did you do this weekend? Team development. Okay. Team development. I- I'll give you an opportunity. Um, share how things in your life have shaped you. Uh, global teams. Um, I-, I-, I was in Africa and one company allowed everyone in their company to go on a global team to Africa. So I'm in Swaziland where we have our orphanage and this company allowed all their top performers to take as a reward their ability to go to Africa. So they all went to Swaziland and were working with our campus and feeding the kids. And I mean, you talk about in, in the marketplace something being able to be a light. I mean... Maybe you are in a position to assign reading. Uh, I would tell you, use a John Maxwell book, uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. I would tell you this, take advantage of this at work with team development with our, with our leadership summit. On August 10th and 11th at our Apple Valley campus and our Edina campus, leadership development that corporations will pay for. You could get them there and let them see how a church can host them. Get them inside a church. I mean, it just again, a little bit of salt, a little bit of salt. I'm just saying. Okay, um, enough on that. I got to keep moving forward. Um, Be consistent. Be consistent. James 3 talks about this. And this is key. This is key. We're not perfect, but we need to be consistent. Okay? James 3 talks about, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives and a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Okay? So I'm, I'm telling you that we need to be consistent. The world is looking at this. Are we consistent? Doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. But we need to be consistent. And what I, what I mean by that, consistently moving in the right direction. Moving in the right direction. I, I said this a while back. Christians aren't perfect. They're just perfecting. We're not perfect. We're perfecting. We're simply allowing grace to change us into the person that God wants us to be. That's who we are. Okay? So we've got to be consistent and moving in the right direction. I mean, they are going to notice your lack of profanity. I know that. In the little bit that I've worked in the marketplace, I could tell you, also they're like, hey, you don't swear. I mean, they, they notice. I'm telling you, they will notice your pure living. They will notice your sobriety. They will notice your morality. They will notice these things. And here's, I just want to say this so strong. I feel like we blow it in this area. I feel like we don't, we don't go after holiness. We don't go after what God wants us to do. We, we go this way, then this way, then this way, then this way. What is it? Is this, is this Saturday night right after we get home, we're getting ready for church, and then after church, back over here, and then we have Bible study night, and we're zigzag Christians. We're zigzag, and we're confusing them. Like, which direction are you going? Do you really want to be going in the right direction? Okay? We should be going in the same direction, and... and I would say this to you right now. Don't let the reason you can't share the good news be because you're living a bad news life. Don't let the reason you can't share the good news be because you're living a bad news life. Live a consistent life. Let the Holy Spirit form and shape you. Bad attitudes, bad language, bad morals, bad manners. Let the Holy Spirit shape you. Another thing, if you're going to share your faith at work, you got to be ready you got to be ready. 
First Peter 3.15 says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. It's saying, again, a little bit of salt, not the whole thing, not turn or burn, okay? But he's saying when people come along and say, hey, you know, are you, why, why are you like that? Why do you do that? Why did you go do Feed My Starving Children? Why did you go on a global team and use your vacation? Why, why are you so, why did you help everybody? Why are you always positive, okay? Be ready. And, and while you're getting ready, I, I didn't put this as a, a full point, but be praying. On your way to work, I would just challenge you to be praying. When you park your car, get to work on time so you don't have to run in, but get to work on time, put your car in park, and you put your car in park, and um, I just realized I was like old school. Are they, you know, most of the things are here, but anyways, yeah. It's like, all right. <laughs> put your car in park. All right. And uh, take a moment. Lord, just help me be ready today. Who needs a touch from Jesus today? Who needs a moment? Who needs a little salt? Lord, show me today who will. And then follow that prompt. Follow that prompt, but be ready. Um, I don't have a stat on this, but I thought, you know, how many people at your workplace go through divorce? How many people at your workplace go through a tragedy, crisis, struggle? Be ready. Be praying. Overflow with love and be ready. And, and what I would say with this in being ready, be ready to love everybody. Be ready to love them all. Be ready to just, I love everybody here. I love them and I want to ooze love on them. And uh, be ready and just love them. And, and can I say this? Don't make non-Christians your targets. Make them your friends. Okay? Don't go in going, all right, who's going to get it today? (laughs) Go in there going, all right, who's my friend? I want to know what my friends are doing. I want to be there for my friends. I want to love my friends. And I want my friends to know about Jesus. I want them to know the Savior I know so well. So be ready, all right? Um, Be bold, all right? I guess that's be bright, be bold. I'll give you another one. Um, Man, not obnoxious. I want you to be bold, all right? Uh, With their needs, in conversations, in those moments. Follow the prompt. There's going to be a time you're going to have to get bold. There's just going to be a time you're going to have to open your mouth, okay? You can't work with somebody for years and never open your mouth and share with them. You're going to have to be bold at some point. Um, Penn and Teller, Penn Gillette. He said this, he said, I respect Christians that proselytize, that want to talk to me about becoming a Christian. And he goes, I can't respect anyone that won't open up their mouth. Now, this guy's an atheist. I think his, like, license plate says, like, no God or something like that. Like, not know him, but there is no God. I mean, this guy is an atheist, but he's like, I respect Christians that will at least open up their mouth and at least tell me, because if they really believe that I'm going to hell, at some point, don't you think they should open up their mouth and tell me? Okay, so you can be bold and, and, and God respects that. God wants you to do that. There's going to be a moment you have to cross the line. You have to open up. Um, I, I think about this in 2 Kings 5. Naaman was a ruler, powerful military guy. And um, he has leprosy. And I'm sure he's trying to figure out how to take care of the leprosy. And at one point, here's what happens. His wife's personal assistant 
opens up her mouth and says, I know a prophet that can take care of Naaman. Now you say, really, personal assistant? Yeah, that's what it says. Read 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 2. It talks about the servant that served his wife, her PA. There was a moment where all of a sudden Naaman's like, I have I, 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 leprosy, I gotta lose my, I'm gonna lose my family. And she said, I know a man that can help him. Okay, we're not sending them to a prophet, but we're sending them to Jesus. And they're, maybe at great risk to herself, she said, here's what you need to do. I'm sure her heart was beating. We read it like, oh, she was like, oh, hey, I've got a solution. I bet her heart, you know what I mean? I bet her heart was beating just like yours would be if somebody said something in the, in the boardroom and you're like, oh, this is the moment. This is the moment. This is the moment. I'm going to be bold. And then he got his miracle. There's going to be a moment where the PA has to speak up. And speaking of that, Mary Donaldson, he was a deacon at Edina, soon to be crossed on campus, um, she was working for Eric Elwer. And if you remember, Eric and his wife were in one of our videos. Uh, she was just being bold. And she just, she's the PA. I mean, she's like Naaman's PA. Eric, your new name is Naaman. All right. Yeah. But she was, she was the PA. And she's like, you should go to Alpha with me. You should go to Alpha with me. You should go to Alpha. You should find out about God. And then she finally just put it in his schedule and said, you're going to Alpha. I mean, that is a bold Naaman type move. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, you, there's just those moments you have to have. Matter of fact, just use Alpha. Invite people to Alpha. Confession, I'm so mad. The other day I was golfing in Lakeville and this guy was found out at about hole seven that I was a pastor and I was having a good round and then he started talking about God and then my round went to pieces, you know, and I was trying to refocus on like golf and, and I missed it. I missed it. God was taking me way beyond golf. And I stayed in golf and golf, God wanted me to go to God. And I was like, oh, afterwards, because I thought I should have invited him to Alpha. I should have gone to Alpha with this guy. I just met him. But it was like, as soon as I left, I just was like, oh, all right. You got to be bold. There's those moments. Matt Nyland, one of our pastors, was at the gym playing ball, playing basketball. And at the end of the game, you know, at the end of the game, he's like, hey, talk to this guy. And right there in the gym, they get saved. Be bold. Right there, the guy gets saved. The other day, my brother Rick was telling me about this, that he was doing CrossFit. And they were having their little group. And two people in the group were like, we didn't know if we, when we gave our life, to, we don't know if we've really done the give our life to Jesus thing. And he said he got down on his knees at CrossFit. You know, they're done. And he says, today's the day for you to get saved. Be bold. Be bold. And right there, the couple's like, today. And at the end of the day, he's like, this day, this day, 2017, you gave your life to Jesus Christ. I love that. I mean, Stephen Baldwin's cleaning lady, I mean, she, she was cleaning their house and they said, oh, you're doing a great job. She said, oh, I'm here to, you know, like shine the light of Jesus to you. And they're like, what? She goes, oh, you think I'm here cleaning your house? <laughs> She's like, I'm cleaning the house, but the Lord told me I was supposed to clean your house to win you to Jesus. And she eventually won the, the wife to Jesus. And then he saw the transformation in his wife. And then he got saved all from a cleaning lady saying, oh, no, no, no. Oh, I'm cleaning. Yeah, I'll do an amazing job cleaning. But that's not why I'm here. I'm here to advance the cause of Christ. I mean, that's bold. All right. Again, if you own a business, you can be bold. It's your business. You can be bold. And that could be a whole nother sermon. Um, last thing I'll say is be sure. Be sure. And what do I mean by that? When you're witnessing out there, be sure God is with you, all right? Be sure that God is with you. I've got news for you. When it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay, when, when Paul writes in Corinthians, he's like, okay, everything needs to be done decently in order and um, 
keeps us in line. He's talking about inside the church meeting. He's saying, when you get together in the church meeting and this, let's have it be decent in order. Here's the rules and regulations and all that. He doesn't say there's any rules and regulations when you leave the building. And I want to point this out. Do you know that one of 40 miracles in the book of Acts, one of 40 miracles in the book of Acts happens in a religious place? One. So think about that. One of the 40. So we think like, oh, we got to get to church and you got to have the miracles and the power of the spirit and all this is going to happen. And if you read the book of Acts, only the man that was healed at the gate beautiful was like on the way into the temple, like in a place waiting for people going to worship. That's the only one in the book of Acts that's happening in a, in a religious place. The rest of the miracles, the rest of the amazing things are happening out in the marketplace, in the neighborhood, in the, in the grocery store. Okay, so be sure that God wants to take you, wants to empower you. He wants you to flow in the spirit. There's great things happening outside the building, outside the huddle. Okay, if we're going to ever reach this world, Jesus has to leave the building. Jesus has to leave the building. And, and yes, come and see, come and see what we're doing. Please invite people to church. I mean, it's Easter next week. Invite people, take that opportunity. But we, again, maybe we'll go up by a couple thousand people, but that still leaves millions. If we're going to reach this world, Jesus has to leave the building. And here's the thing. We either have the greatest news on the planet or we don't. And if we do, let's live accordingly. We either have the message that will change them, that will set them free, that they can find eternal life, or we don't. And if we do, we need to shine brighter. We need to open up our mouth. And I know some people, well, what if I lose my job? So what? No, I'm serious. Uh, move to the next one. Move to the next. Be obedient. Be obedient. We have the greatest message. I really believe this, and I just want you to understand this. You can be a light. You can be salt. You can make a difference. You can open up your mouth. You can run your business different. You can put it on the schedule. You, there are opportunities. Grab this, church. You were made for Mondays. Mondays is where the ministry takes place. You get ministered to on the weekends here. And there's other things that we are doing that we're ministering, but you get ministered to, you were made for Mondays. You were made for Mondays. Lord, I just pray right now that we'd realize that we were made for Mondays. Lord, it's an, it's an opportunity for us to go out into the marketplace, into the neighborhood, into the school and make a difference. And I pray that we'd shine bright. I just want to circle back, Lord, in this prayer. If anybody has lived such a, a, a zigzag Christian life, I pray that they'd move in the right direction, the right direction. Lord, be consistent. It doesn't mean they're perfect, but I pray they'd be consistent. I pray they'd open up their mouth. They'd share what you've given to them. They'd share their faith in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this series. Thank you, Lord, for all these ministers. All these men and women here are ministers, and we, we commission them. We release them. Go out and do ministry on Monday. You were made for Mondays. You were made for Mondays. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.